welcome to Singing the Blues. I'm Dom Housel. And I'm James Marriott. Um, we're going to crack straight on with talking about Portsmouth because there's so many happy, positive things for us to talk about here. First of all, Dom, a full Hillsborough for the first time in a long, long time. I mean, 12 months ago, we had a completely empty Hillsborough, um, which was it was great to see, wasn't it? And, and a really good, you know, overall a great atmosphere. It was amazing, wasn't it? The weather was great. And then Wednesday made a nervy start, but the response, they showed bags of character and spirit and what they've done at home this calendar year. Score lots and lots of goals. And I've lost count how many times they've scored four or more at Hillsborough this year. Um, Ridiculous. 16 wins from 23 home matches. And uh, yeah, you you really do have to give them a lot of credit. And, uh, you know, I've written a piece this week saying that, you know, on the back of Wednesday, sealing a playoff place, finishing fourth, the progress that they've shown. I think whatever happens in the next two, we hope, three matches of this season, you know, Darren Moore is the man to take this club forward. I think he's proven it with what he's done in the transfer market, with no money to spend, to get this team, you know, who was stuttering. We've been, we were very critical. I certainly was in the first half of the season, but the way that they've turned things around, 14 wins I think it was from the last 20 matches, proper promotion form. And yeah, you know, Saturday reminded me of, and I put it on Twitter, it reminded me of Cardiff six years ago under Carlos um, in the final home match of the regular season when they secured a playoff place. It, it was really similar. The inflatables were out. There was a, a carnival party atmosphere at Hillsborough and Wednesday after a dodgy opening 15 minutes they put in a very memorable performance and got the job done you you might not have seen it because you might have been in your fancy you know press press box area and stuff uh but they actually had a band on in the northwest corner before the match, which I've never seen that happen before. Brilliant idea. The execution wasn't quite there. There were a few uh, issues, kind of sound-wise and stuff like that. I feel like the time has come for um, someone to make the decision. That, that sound system at Hillsborough, just strip it out, put a new one in. It needs sorting out. Um, but I thought that was a really, really nice idea. Uh, great atmosphere, I thought, before the game. The build-up to the game, kind of, it felt like there was something special going on. Um, and then obviously the match started and everything went completely wrong because uh, Portsmouth started by far the brighter of the the sides. And, you know, if you were reading the script of how this day could completely go wrong, then the first five minutes were absolutely to that script because he'd been kind of dressed up as pantomime villain. George Hurst pops up, gets the goal. Defensively, Wednesday looking quite shaky, actually. And, it, you know, Portsmouth had another couple of chances in that first... 10 minutes um so certainly not the, the the most perfect of starts after that george hurst he had a few chances but wednesday you know largely kind of kept him quiet they did i thought hurst had a good game i have to say on his return to hillsborough you know all eyes were on him uh, but the defending for the goal was really poor from wednesday and uh, i think that was the only negative on the day that you're hoping that they don't have that sort of 
stage fright again, really. That you know, in the in the big occasion, and we know what's around the corner. That you know, it looked as if some of the players, yeah, they were really nervous and edgy, and it showed in their performance. Very few of them turned up, but as soon as they equalised, James, yeah, that was it. The team they settled down, and it really does help when you've got a striker that is maybe in the form of his life in Lee Gregory, 8-8 now. Yep, absolutely. Um, it, it just felt like a thoroughly kind of professional comeback. In the end, by the end of the game, we kind of look back and think, why do we ever think it was in doubt? But it really was that first 10 minutes. I think it really was in doubt. And um, there's... If we if we draw comparisons with some of the recent Wednesday squads of you know that period during um, COVID where there weren't any fans there and I think you know the, the maybe like the the last couple of intonations of the squad before that when when Wednesday would go behind you, you just w- wouldn't really have the faith and and normally what it would lead to is a complete collapse and and that kind of just professional getting the job done wasn't getting over the line it was striding over the line that that wouldn't have happened with with a couple of our recent squads and possibly even this squad earlier in the season you mentioned earlier about you know the first half second half of the season there's a marked difference uh, because that professionalism, that ability to not panic and not crumble, uh, and actually, you know, do do the business and do it in style, something we've not seen a lot over the last two, three, maybe even four years. No, we haven't. And go back to last season. The only time that Sheffield Wednesday came behind from behind to get a point was on the final day at Derby. That one point. Whereas the well into double figures this year and we've seen it at Fleetwood Portsmouth in the last two matches Doncaster Rovers there's loads of examples and that's backbone that's character that's leadership the all traits that we've been calling for for some time and that's what Darren Moore has instilled in this group and again I think it's a huge tick in Darren Moore's box that you know that's what I think he has really turned around and it's the connection between the fans and the team and we saw it on the lap of appreciation as well you know hundreds and hundreds of Wednesday fans you know stayed behind to clap the team off and they deserved it because that's it you know there were were huge expectations on this team at the start of the season and there have been ups and there have been downs and they finish strongly, and I, I think a fourth place finish is creditable. And eighty-five points in other seasons, James, it might have been enough to take them into the top two. And if Wednesday fall short, we're going to end up maybe having a conversation about you know ifs, buts, and you know coulda, woulda, shouldas. You know, if Josh Windass had been fit the whole season, Massimo Luongo, etc. You know, if Wednesday had not dropped points, you know, against. You know, teams. You know, in the sort of bottom eight of the division. You know, we, we maybe will be having this conversation. But what Wednesday have done is they've given them, you know, themselves a chance of promotion, and we're just hoping, aren't we, for three more matches? It it, it obviously finished four one in the end. It could easily have been something like eight five because both goalkeepers pulled off a string of pretty remarkable saves I've got to say particularly Portsmouth's 
goalkeeper. So afterwards, someone told me he's only like 20 or something like that. I thought he pulled off some great saves. But actually, at the other end as well, um, we, we sort of gloss over them, we sort of forget about them now. But there were chances actually at, at 3-1. If Portsmouth had pulled it back to 3-2, puts a totally different perplexion on the... Um, game so you know a lot of credit I think to both keepers on the day oh definitely yeah Bazuna you're right you know I think he's one heck of a prospect you know they've got him on loan from Man City and you can see why Man City thinks so highly of him you know he'll definitely be playing in the championship next season and who knows if Wednesday are there I would suggest he's maybe one of the goalkeepers that I would be looking at to uh, potentially you know, sign, you know, as that is going to be a position that we know is up in the air as we don't know what's going to happen with Bailey Peacock-Farrell. But what I will say is that Peacock-Farrell has actually gone under the radar for me the last couple of months. He's come up with some huge saves at vital moments. And, you know, I, I think Peacock-Farrell, uh, again, when you're talking about the recruitment, you know, he has won so many more points for Wednesday than he's lost. I know he had that bad dip in September October where he made you know four or five mistakes but you know again on Saturday at 3-1 you know it was an amazing save from that header from Raggett you know from the corner and then there was another one from Hurst but and that's what I think gives you hope for Wednesday going into the playoffs is that I just look at the team and I think that they've got match winners and Peacock Farrell goes into that category for me of where Wednesday, if they need him, the last line of defence, you fancy Peacock Farrell to come up with a critical save. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. One thing that I wasn't entirely convinced by, and I'm nitpicking here, which is the repurposing of we're on our way, that... I, I I'm not I couldn't really join in with that one. Didn't think that that was. Um, didn't quite I, I'm against that. Yeah, I, I'm with you as well. I, I don't know how I feel about that. You know, that feels very six years ago, and a lot of uh, things have happened since then, and so I, I think that's maybe a little bit premature. But yeah, hopefully, you know, we're going to have reason and say another twelve months' time. Then yeah, maybe that. Chan, I would be getting out on a more consistent basis, but I'd probably park that one for the time being. Let's just stick to you know, Lee Gregory, he's our number nine. I think you yeah. know, that's the anthem for this season, please. Dom has spoken. Um so I think I think looking I think we called this a few weeks ago that it was it's Plymouth that ultimately miss out on the playoffs. As it turned out, Wednesday didn't didn't even need to win, to be honest. Um could have ended up losing that game and would still have finished in the top Six, not that we'd have wanted to do that. The momentum and everything's really important. Um, you've got to, if you're a Plymouth fan, what a dreadful day that was for them when you kind of start with that same hope and stuff and, and just what a crushing day for them. But anyway, the way it all plays out, um, actually, you know, the top six finishing as as it was at the start of the, of the day. So you've got um, Wednesday versus Sunderland, which I think... Probably most people, particularly neutrals, would say they'd prefer to be the final because that would be a heck of an occasion, completely full Wembley Stadium, which now we know won't happen, you know, depending which way it goes. Um, it's going to be tough, this, isn't it? Because, you know, Sunderland have given us a, a, a bit of a hiding this season. Um, you know, there's mitigating circumstances to that. I don't think we and should look then, too much into that at all, James, for me. I really yeah, don't. but then there's the other end of the scale, isn't it? Well, you know, we've, we have beaten them as well. Um, also, playoffs, you know, it's kind of 
things go out the window a bit. You've actually got two teams that are in really good form there. Um, I'm, I'm assuming that both legs will be a, a sellout at their respective grounds. A couple of games with amazing atmospheres. Wednesday got that home advantage. Um, and I mean, look, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not the bookies, but you kind of guess that whoever wins this game, with the backing of their fans, will probably go into the final as as um, favourites. And I, and I think looking the other day, Wednesday already favourites to win the um, playoffs. But um, they, it's it's going to be a heck of a tie, this isn't it? Two clubs that you would, uh, you know, if you were a neutral, you'd say that they probably both deserve to be fighting at the top end of the championship to get into the Premier League. They've both got you know, a a claim on being a top-flight club. Two giants of the league. And, yeah, going back to the two previous meetings from this season, honestly, I don't think they've got any bearing on this one. Look, Wednesday played incredibly well. For me, one of their best home performances of the season in beating Sunderland 3-0 back in November. And, yeah, Sunderland have put five past them you know, at the end of December, but yeah, COVID, COVID had really hit the squad. That, that was their first competitive match in nearly three weeks. Uh, and then since then, you know, Sunderland have changed manager and, you know, they have ended up finishing fifth on the back of a 13 match and beats and run. And they've got, you know, for me, one of the best managers, you know, outside of the Premier League in Alex Neil, you know, and, you know, he did a, a cracking job uh, at Preston, and, and I just think that for me, he is you know a, a manager that will have Sunderland seriously well prepared um, for the two legs, and it's not going to be easy. And you've got two teams that, where they're similar, is not just in they've got huge fan base and support, but their home form, both of them have got amazing records. You know, in their own backyard, and so that's where you know, from a Wednesday perspective, we're really hoping, James, that the fact that Wednesday've got the second leg at Hillsborough under the lights next Monday, that that could be absolutely enormous for Wednesday. You know, in their hopes of getting to Wembley. I mean, look, you, I, I don't. This probably sounds a bit negative, but it's the kind of thing where you'd look at it and you'd say, look, you know, if we. If we did come back with a, a draw, or even if we came back with a one-goal deficit, you know that's enough for the for the crowd at Hillsborough to be really fired up. We'd love to be coming back actually with a with a lead to take into the into the second leg. But you know, football over 180 minutes is a very different prospect to that kind of one-off game, feeling like a cup final sort of thing. Um, so, I'm going to um, come clean at this point, James, and say that five years ago when Wednesday got the nil-nil at Huddersfield in the first leg away from home, I said it was a good result, and I may have even yeah. described it as a tactical masterclass from Carlos Carvalho, how wrong I was then. And and, and the well, approach... I mean, but when not you necessarily. Look, when, it, was, no, it was then the approach to the home game that messed that up, didn't it? Well, no, I don't know. I think it was a bit of both. I think when you look back at it, I thought that they didn't go for it in the first leg. They should have done. You know, yeah, I think they they struggled to create chances at Huddersfield's place. And my point being now, what I hope is that we don't have like history repeating itself. I know usually in these two-legged you know, playoffs, what you'll get is maybe the first leg, it will be a bit tight and it may be a bit cagey. And I appreciate that that could be the case. But what I do hope is that you know Wednesday they try and leave it all out there and that they are going to be progressive and they are going to try and play 
on the front foot and take the game to Sunderland. You know, I think that's what we want to see. Uh, I'm not calling for a really open football match, but I, yeah, I think we've got to see some attacking intent from Wednesday. I, 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 I don't know why I think this, but I've just got, you know, with the kind of the crowd behind them, I feel like the first 20, 30 minutes could be a little bit akin to Brighton away in the playoffs a few years back, where it might feel like... Um, they come out of the blocks at 100 miles an hour um, and there's a lot of defending to be done in the first kind of 20-30 minutes before that game settles down a little bit. I think their plan will be to use the advantage of the of the crowd being really up for it and and just try to, to go for it. So I think it's really important that we don't find ourselves a couple of goals down in the first half hour. I think that that, that leaves a, you know, a huge mountain to, to climb. But what on we've that seen, then, but in, what we've in seen on mentality, of... we've seen that, haven't we, that if Wednesday do go behind or concede early, that I think you know this team would regroup and respond. I think that's you know where we can take positives anyway from Wednesday, if that happens. But you're right, I mean, there's going to be 40,000 plus at Sunderland, it's going to be their biggest, you know, crowd in years, and it's a huge challenge for Wednesday. And by the way, they've got some really good players at this level, from Ross Stewart up front, and then Broadhead. I know he's touch and go whether he's going to be fit. You've got Alex Pritchard, who you know I don't think is a League One player. Embleton, I, I, I've been really impressed with in midfield. Corey Evans, very experienced. You know, right the way through their team. Danny Bath, who Wednesday wanted to sign in January at centre-half, has done pretty well for them of late. So, yeah, you know, Sunderland are a good team, but they've had some pretty horrible playoff experiences of late. And, um, yeah, they they have a dreadful record in the playoffs. And that's why I'm hoping that Wednesday are going to just compound things, really, in the next few days. So, um, in terms of team selection, um, we don't really know what's happening with Barry Bannon. I think that's one we just have to wait and see. Um, if obviously that that happens, there's a couple of options there in terms of what we could change in the midfield. Is there much else you could change? I guess the main question really is whether or not Harley Dean comes back in, and if so, who goes out? I, I a couple of conversations I had with people after the game on Saturday. They probably indicated Liam Palmer might be the person that misses out if they if if they were to make that change. But I thought Liam Palmer had a really solid game on on Saturday, and over the course of the season's actually been quite solid. So it's that's a really tough call. That's the only change for me that you would make. Uh, you know, as you, you know, as you pointed out, you're praying that Barry Bannon is fit. I think Barry Bannon will be busting the gut. He'd do everything in his power to be playing in both those legs. Um, I, I, I honestly would be stunned if Barry Bannon isn't on the team sheet uh, at Sunderland on Friday. And, and, but, and he looked in good spirits. Do you think there's a bit of mind games going on here, possibly with the, the club kind of not really kind of giving much away, just to kind of keep Sunderland on their toes a bit? Yeah, possibly. And I don't expect Darren Moore, when he does his pre-match presser, to give anything away either. Um, which, which is fine, which is fine. Yeah, you know. no, that's fine. It's, it's his prerogative to keep Stum and not say anything. But I, I think the reality is that, um, to me, Barry Bannon, at the end of the match, uh, you know, he looked... You know, in pretty good spirits, unless he was putting on a happy face at the end of the match. Uh, you know, when he was going around the pitch with the, his family and everything. So to me, that suggested that that's a player who doesn't think it's that serious. Um, you know, the injury that he's got, and uh, you know, I have heard some suggestions that it was even cramp. And so, I honestly, truly believe that Barry Bannon 
will be playing on Friday. I will be surprised. And and if he doesn't, it's a huge blow. But at the same time, you've got Fizz there, and then you know Dennis Adena and would uh, would also maybe come into the conversation. Certainly on the bench. But I think that would be a huge call to throw Adena in um, to replace Bannon. Um, but it's the balance of that midfield, isn't it? That's what you know would be really affected if Bannon isn't available. And so we're all crossing our fingers that he'd be fine. But you're right, I think it comes down to the defence, doesn't it? It's just that one change. And I'm inclined to sort of agree with you. I don't think I would be throwing Harley Dean back into the side. Certainly not for the first leg. He's not played in weeks. And so I know he's been in back in training for the last couple but uh, yeah, Liam Palmer, I thought, had a good match. And also, it's what Liam Palmer gives you at the other end. You know, we've seen the overlapping from the centre-halves at times this season has been very effective for Wednesday. And so, you know, Harley Dean doesn't give you that. Um, you know, even with a reshuffle and you put Sam Hutchinson to the left-hand side, I just don't think it's the same. You know, you get more energy and you get more forward thrust, don't you, from Liam Palmer playing as a left-sided centre-half in a back three than what you would from Sam Hutchinson. I mean, you've got to... We know this doesn't particularly apply with the way that Darren Moore approaches things, but you kind of think coming off the back of a you know 4-1 home win, thoroughly professional performance, there's not much real, real reason to change that, is there? Unless you have to do, unless you have got a problem with Bannon or, or someone else, you kind of think, you know what? Those players, they've kind of deserved the chance there to go out and replicate that at... Sunderland so you, yeah that's that's kind of where I lean as well not necessarily because I think Palmer's better than Dean or whatever or he offers this out the other it's just like no one really deserved to get dropped out of that team yeah they hurt the chance I, well do you know what something that's just popped into my head right now so if Bannon isn't fit for Friday would you put Josh Windass into midfield alongside Luongo and Byers that's an interesting one, isn't it? Um, We've seen it a couple of times this season, and so it, it's not unusual. It's, 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 it is a role that Windass has played before, um, and it is a way to shoehorn Windass into the team. I personally just wouldn't be starting Windass not not on Friday at the very least. Depending on the scoreline after the first leg, then. I would maybe weigh things up. Windass will have been back in training. You would imagine yeah. if he's on the bench on Friday, he'll come on at some point. But he's still only had 50-odd minutes from the last two matches. And I think it's a big ask to throw yeah. Windass into the team. You know, That's my personal opinion. But maybe for the second leg, that's a trump card there for Wednesday. Interesting one, isn't it? Um, it just feels like it affects the balance a little bit affects the balance of the midfield a little bit as well. Um, and when Fizz has come in this season, he's done a really solid job. I think it would be unlucky for him not to, you know, kind of have the 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 faith of the manager should that um, become necessary. And that's a, you know, it's the three that have played together this season when they've needed to, um, and have ultimately come up with the job. So um, come up with the goods, done the job. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm probably with you a little bit, would lean more towards Fizz coming in to do... Um, that job. I'd kind of forgotten that Dennis Adenarin existed, if I'm honest. So um, again, you know, it would be a strange one for him to um, to come in. It feels like Fizz has just been involved a lot recently. You know, he's been part of this revival in the last the last few games. So he kind of deserves that that chance. Taking stock a little bit then from um, 
Saturday and you know after the game it was a bit like a greatest hits tour after the game everyone was about um, meeting up for beers and, and all sorts which was lovely to see so many people I've not seen in a long time and I think there have been a lot of Wednesday fans doing the same um, but a lot of conversations about just kind of taking stock really from where we were in the summer uh, having very few players and um, you know I'm, I'm not normally someone who's pessimistic Dom as you well know um, but you know there were people like me fear, genuinely fearing that we could be like you know Blackpool were a few seasons ago Bolton were a few seasons ago starting the t- the season with you know a threadbare squad with youth in it and kind of double drop possibly down to the fourth tier feeling more likely than being involved at the other end of the table and it really hasn't played out like that it's actually been overall a pretty good season um the thing is, none of that really matters anymore now, does it? All that stuff's got to be pushed to, to the back of our minds because we can't go thinking, well, whatever happens, it's been a good season. We've now got to win the playoffs. That's all that matters for the next three games, isn't it? Is getting up. And maybe if we don't, we can then go back to looking back and taking stock, you know, with kind of a, a, a fairer look across the season. Now, all that stuff about, oh, haven't we done well to get to this point? We've got to forget that. Mentally, we need to be in the position of, we are going to win the playoffs. Right now... It's a good season. To make it a great season, Wednesday have to get promoted. Of course they do. And, you know, in many fans' eyes, you know, you, you see the reaction on social media, this season will only be a success for Sheffield Wednesday if they're promoted. And I understand that and I get that. And also, the longer that Wednesday stay in this, this division, the harder it will be to get out. You know, you look at the teams coming down with Peterborough, uh, an established sort of yo-yo team between the Championship and League One. Barnsley tend to do well at this level. Derby, when they get the new owners in and players in, they're going to get their act together. And then you've got Ipswich, who will throw the cash around like nobody's business. Bolton will be strong next year. So this is a chance for Wednesday and there's a reason why the bookmakers, I think, see Wednesday as the favourites. You know, when you look at MK Dons, have got the disappointment of missing out on automatic promotion and you know, Sunderland have been better under Alex Neal but have still been a little bit inconsistent. Uh, and then you've got Wickham who are the wild card and who are again they are probably the big underdogs aren't they really um and they play let's face it pretty horrible brand of football so um all in all wednesday yeah they have got to hold the nerve haven't they and they've got the experience they've got the quality in the squad to do it uh, over two legs i believe um against the sundown team that have been up and down this season now dom we um, we had a few comments last week and a few people that pulled me to one side on, on Saturday to mention how inspired they felt from your rallying call at the end of um, last week's podcast. It feels appropriate to give you that platform to issue that hopefully penultimate, maybe last, hopefully penultimate rallying call of the season because... You know, we could be pretty confident without any shadow of a doubt. All Wednesday players definitely listen to this podcast. Of course they do. Um, no, they don't. Um, but um, yeah, Dom, you know, give us, get, 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 get that inspiration, get that blood flowing again. Give us your rallying call for the next two games, going to the Stadium of Light, bringing the game back to Hillsborough. Let's hear the Dom House and rallying call for the playoff semi-final. Is this going to become a weekly thing? 
I think it is. Well, I need to you know, prepare more, I think, for this. I thought I'd already done a pretty good job in this podcast of being positive and you know, pointing out the stats, the facts and the figures and everything that we needed to know, James. So I didn't think I really needed to... You do a rallying cry. These are not the words I'm looking to hear here, Dom. S- sorry, I, I apologise. Well, here we go. Wednesday, they finished higher in the league than Sunderland. Uh, I think Wednesday've got better players than Sunderland. Uh, you know, Wednesday have got a better fan base than Sunderland. Um, I, I think that Wednesday, they have... I, I feel like the stars are aligning, really, and that this is going to be Wednesday season. And we're going to see Wednesday fans... They're going to come out in force in that second leg. I mean, we've seen it this week. You know, people queuing around the block to get a ticket, you know, probably for the away leg and the home leg. Uh, but I, I think that Darren Moore has done a great job of, I think, making this a more united club. And I, I think that, you know, what he's done over the last year or so um, to turn things around from where Wednesday were a year ago, where they'd been relegated... And then they'd got rid of all the high earners. He had to start again. He wasn't able to you know, bring any players in until July. And you know, it, you know, 18 new players have come. He's built a whole new squad. And I, I think that they've given us a lot of joy this season. And we've seen excitement, especially in the second half of the season. Lots of goals. The entertainment's been there. There is a feel-good factor around the place. And I just feel as if that this is going to be Wednesday's moment and they're going to make up for last year. So I don't know how that sort of went as a rallying cry. But, yeah, come on, you blue and white wizards. This is our time, Dom. This is our time. That's the episode um, title right there. That's it. That's it. Um, quick word on the other thing that's that's happened. Timing of this is a bit of a pain because we didn't really want to be um, having to talk about financial stuff, but the accounts came out as well. Um, on on the one hand, they don't make for great reading, but they don't for any club really because you've got to take into account the coronavirus lockdown and the lack of fans. And of course, there's relegation um, in there as well. But there are signs in there as well, actually, of, of Wednesday stabilising a few things, reducing the wage bill. So you can kind of argue it from two perspectives. You, you can. And you say that maybe the timing's not the best, but actually, uh, I, I think it's, you know, most Wednesday fans, they understand uh, and see that, you know what, that that was always really going to be the case that on the back of relegation and cost cutting that, you know, of course that there were going to be um, some pretty sort of big figures in there. And, you know, you look at it from the operating loss of 25 million, but that's only gone up by a million from the previous year. Uh, And then turnover was clearly going to drop, you know, you know, Wednesday they've been significantly and are going to be as well for the next year's accounts significantly hit by not having the TV revenue from the Championship. There's a huge drop from the Championship to League One. And then Wednesday, we're always going to you know, have to slash that wage bill, um, you know, considering that they had a lot of players there that were commanding you know, some serious money. Uh, and I think that the, what, the stat that Kieran Maguire, um, the you know, expert finance guru, you know, was saying that, you know, as of last season, Wednesday is still spending £209 for every £100 of income. So what that shows you is that Wednesday's got a long, long way to go to, you know, achieve what, you know, Dave Ponchanceri 
said last year about trying to make this club self-sustainable. What it highlights is that, again, it's Dave Ponchanceri who is propping up the football club. Um, and, and so you can say what you like about him, but that's it. He continues to stump up for cash to keep the club afloat. And so that's why this season, Wednesday getting promoted back into the Championship from a financial standpoint is so important. And I think that's what the accounts really underlined is that, again, for Wednesday to progress, move on and continue to get their house in order, that's why it's important that they get promoted at the first attempt. Well said, well said. So, I mean, that's it from us, really. That's going to wrap us up. Um, you know, we'll, we, we've will we got, you know, a very important couple of games coming up. We'll be back after those games to discuss everything that um, that happens. But when's crossed. he going to do it, James? Um, I... Truthfully, I, I'm I'm on the fence with it. I don't know. It does feel like the stars are aligning. You said it earlier. At the at the same time, I feel I I don't. There's something about. I think whoever wins between Wednesday and Sunderland, I think will go up. Um, there's something there that you know Sunderland have been in this league for a long time. Um, I I guess if you're a complete neutral, you're kind of thinking, do you know what they deserve to go up now? They've done their stint in the third tier. Not that that changes anything I do, I'm really on the fence I actually think that first leg is so important I think that you know holding out bringing a decent a decent result back to to Hillsborough is all important because we know how good Wednesday are at Hillsborough so I'm on the fence I'm gonna stick my neck out and say do you know what yeah it is our time oh what a man yes what, you've what, made my day and you it's going to be tight. I, I think Wednesday will win overall, though, in the two legs um, and the, the, by a goal. I think you know it's. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a draw on Friday, but I, I do fancy Wednesday to do the business at home. And uh, you know they've lost twice at Hillsborough all season, uh, and I'm confident that it's going to be one of those occasions just under the lights of Hillsborough. It'd be, wouldn't it be amazing if they replicated Brighton from six years ago? That would be unbelievable. And I, I think that there's going to be such a positive atmosphere around the place that the fans are going to spur the team on to get the result that they need. Well said, well said. Right, thank you to our par- partners at Taito Law Solicitors. Uh, visit titolaw.co.uk. On Twitter, Dom is at Dom Housen. I'm at James Marriott. Of course, the show is at Dom and James. Uh, you can find us on Facebook and YouTube as well. And you can find all the links and everything on our website and in the show notes for this episode. Thanks for listening. Up the owls, and we'll see you next time. 